Goodbye, Nolan. All right, here we go. Episode three of the Snow Jobs podcast is off and running. As always, I'm Steve. I'm a snow professional from New York, and I'm joined via brand new mic by my partner, Jeremy Lindstrom, who is coming to you from the frozen tundra of Fargo, North Dakota. What's up, brother? How's things in Fargo? Hey, Steve. Not too bad. Today's pretty good. We're, what is it, 30, 30 degrees today, I think it is. So, yeah, oh, pretty nice. Beach weather. Beach yeah. weather, baby. Beach weather. We got <laughs> With it. the Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but another great week for this show. I'm, I'm still just having a hard time wrapping my head around all the love the snow pros out there are sending us. Um, it's greatly appreciated by both of us, gang. You guys out there are the reason we're doing this. So uh, thank you guys so much. Um, yeah, we definitely. apologize for Jeremy's mic issues last week, but we believe we have fixed that. Uh, we're hoping that he's got better levels this week. And I think so far, Jeremy, you're looking pretty good, right? Yeah, I hope so. I believe so. Well. I guess we'll see how it ends or how it is in the end, but yeah, new computer, new mic, we should be ready to roll. There we go. So episode two, guys, if you didn't tune in, but I'm sure most of you did, episode two was another big hit. We had Adam and Rocco on to talk about that unbelievable storm they had out in Buffalo around Christmas time. Uh, if you're turning, if you're tuning in for the first time, though, make sure you give that a listen and check those two guys out. They were a lot of fun. I know we aren't doing video yet, but it's important. I want everybody out there to know that Rocco, who is a New York Italian, was able to talk for most of an hour without using his hands, which is no small feat if you're familiar with Italians from New York. So I'm proud of you, brother. But seriously, we want to thank those guys for coming on with us last week and telling their story to you guys out there. So we have another great show for you today, guys. Jeremy and I decided that since we opened with two Northeastern episodes, we had to kick it back out to the Midwest for a few now. So today for you, we have Nolan Wallum from Emerald Companies in St. Cloud, Minnesota joining us, and we're really happy to have him aboard for the day. Nolan, welcome to the Snow Jobs, bro. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing well, Nolan. Doing well. Perfect. So I'd like to, uh, so you're, give me your name, your, your company name, when you guys started, and what do you guys, you know, what, what you're all about, if you want to give everybody a little background of what, what Emerald does. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Emerald Companies was founded by my dad in 1998. So that was before I was even born. Um, 22. And I've been around snow and ice management my whole life, lawn care, the whole shebang with my dad, riding around with him in the trucks. So it just kind of came naturally that I'd like to be in this industry with them. Um, you know, our main focus at Emerald is snow and ice, but we also do some stuff in the summer, fertilization, uh, lawn mowing, lawn care, you know, things like that. So we're all, all year round, but um, our emphasis is certainly on snow and ice. That's our uh, our goal and just kind of developed into mostly a snow and ice management company over the years here. Awesome. Awesome. So Nolan, you said it was founded in 1998 by your dad. Um, how big did he grow it? Like how was he a one man band for a while? Or, you know, do you, you know what the progression was in the company, how quickly it grew? you guys are a pretty decent sized outfit now. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, he started just by himself for a few years and um, just doing handyman tasks, you know, a little bit of lawn mowing here and there. And I think that's a lot of people's natural progressive progression. You know, you get into the handyman stuff, start mowing lawns, you know, here in Minnesota, we get uh, quite a bit of snow. So that translates into, you know, from lawn care doing snow stuff as well. So um, at her peak back before, 
the uh, housing crisis back there in 08. I think we got 30 to 40 employees. I can't remember exactly. So it's wow. certainly size. a sizable outfit. Size. But, uh, yeah, great size. Yeah. So, but it, um, you know, that was a tough time for everybody. So certainly we were not spared in that. And um, yeah, but we downsized and kind of got back to basics and fundamentals of what made us a good business. And um, now we're at a 15 people pretty much in the winter here. And then in the summer we have uh, six or seven and then some uh, high school kids that come in and do some long way stuff like that. But um, full-time guys, we have seven and then part-time we can go all the way up to 15 if we need to. Good for you. And you are with the company, you're the operations manager now. That's your title. Yep. Yep. I do all the routing. Um, I do a lot of the invoicing. I look over work, stuff like that, make sure everything's good to go. Um, so yeah, just, uh, you know, I have my role and kind of my dad has his and we make it work. And I think we're pretty, pretty good as a team. What's that like actually working for your dad? Uh, I know I, my, my dad is probably the greatest father in the world, but I don't think I could work for him. That would be a, a constant butting of heads there on, uh, on philosophy. You guys yeah, have the same yep. vision for the company or you butt heads a little bit? You know, for the most part, we get along really well. Uh, we butt heads about a few things here or there, but yeah, we have the same vision kind of, how we want to grow and sustain growth, not just rapid growth, just to grow it. You know, we have the same vision and um, it's been great. You know, he's a little bit more old school, more of a broad stroke sort of guy. And I'm a little bit more into a school technology, uh, you know, detail oriented. So I think it actually works well. We work well with each other and uh, we kind of complement each other with each of our specific skill set, skill sets. So it's good. Good deal. Well, Nolan, I heard you say, you're from Minnesota. Maybe you want to tell everybody exactly where in Minnesota you got, where your operations set up at and uh, what kind of weather you guys have here and or there. And uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about the town you're in, kind of weather patterns you guys have, how much snow you get, stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So St. Cloud, Minnesota, central Minnesota, uh, metro area population is about 200,000. So certainly not a big city by any means, but uh, you know, there's plenty of work to be done. Um, we get a lot of clippers from Alberta here. So usually a snowfall is anywhere to one to three. We get maybe one or two big storms a year, which a big storm for us is about uh, six inches maybe. This year we've gotten three of these. So it's been a high Good snow year so far. Good for yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been nice. Uh, it's been a challenge, but it's also been nice that, you know, you send out the invoice, you're like, oh, wow, you know, maybe it is all worth it. So... <laughs> Now, Nolan, I'm not I'm not from the Midwest. New York, I really probably maybe 50-50 could find Minnesota on the map right now. But where in relation to, like, I hear all the time the Twin Cities. Where in relation to the Twin Cities is St. Cloud? Uh, we're about 70 miles away, so okay. hour and a half drive or so. So just right. uh, northwest. Now the part that Jeremy loves, baby. I know you want to ask him about what equipment he's running. Oh yeah, uh, what uh, what do you guys run for equipment there, Nolan? I, I I mean, I've seen Instagram stuff, but let's uh, let's tell everybody else what you're running and uh, how many pieces you guys got, and uh, yeah, what what's your favorite? Well, we got uh, you know kind of a, a hodgepodge mishmash of all sorts of equipment. We've got uh, two case six twenty ones. Those are the big big snow pushers there with the arctics yeah, on them. Um, don't think you can go wrong with an arctic pusher and a loader. That's for sure. Any brand of loader for sure. But, um, and then we got some, uh, five ag tractors, uh, three kind of four series tractors we use, put, uh, smaller blades and 
um, snowblowers on the back to do our homeowners associations. Um, we got a few trucks here, but we pretty much use that for de-icing only. Um, we plow, I believe, one parking lot complete with a truck. Otherwise, they, their blades very rarely touch the ground. Almost everything is done with a piece of equipment. Um, we have a couple skid steers here that we use. Um, we rent them. We own two of them, I think, but we rent the other two. And um, going from an ag tractor to a skid steer, you know, you lose the visibility. The price goes up for your pushing power. So we're probably going to get more ag tractors than uh, skid steers. And we rode all of our equipment. So, you know, a tired skid steer can go 12 miles an hour. A four series, five series ag tractor can go 20. So that's, you're pretty much doubling your road speed, which that's huge for efficiency. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point that I don't, I, I don't think a lot of guys think about. Here in New York, nobody really roads their equipment. The The sites are just uh, kind of one contractor will have a site here, and then his next contract will be eight miles, nine miles away. They don't road it. So they're, the sites are kind of equipment specific. So that's a great point that you just made that, you know, that you can road a skid steer. We do it all the time, but it's a, it's a tough drive, <laughs> a very slow speed. Mm-hmm. Yep, I rode a uh, uh, track skid steer um, about three miles. I said, this is just horrible. I, it was, took me like half an hour to go three miles and people are honking at you and it's middle of the night, but still people don't care. So, um, but you know, we, uh, we make it work, but we're kind of shifting towards more ag tractors, even though we have great route density. Every one of our accounts is within five miles from each other. So we have a very dense route that's for smart. sure so we've been blessed with that but smart um, yeah road and skid steers tire ones aren't so bad but track skids are just not awesome to drive on the road that's for sure okay. no we uh we did the egg tractors a few years back you know because of the price wise that we they were fine for us but we just kind of traded those out for some other wheel loaders but no egg tractors they definitely have their place in the snow industry i i I believe. And, um, but I want to get back to a question for St. Cloud area. Do you guys have that permits? Cause we have to have permits in Fargo to go down the roads. So do you guys have to have like over with permits or anything like that? Well, last time one of my guys got pulled over, the police officer said, all we need is a triangle in the back, flashing lights, and you're good to go. So we don't need any permit or anything. So I guess we got it easy down here compared because to Because it's an ag tractor. Or is that for loaders too? And skid steers? That's for any, uh, construction equipment, egg tractor, anything like that. So you can just roll them as long as you got lights on, uh, triangle in the back, you're good to go. So business friendly laws. That's, uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. We, yep. we have the old, uh, they say we have to have, well, we have to have permits, but we got to have the slow moving vehicle sign and, and, uh, all our strobes and everything on. And plus they, they try to give us rules where we're not supposed to be able to, uh, move, move between lots during the busy hours, you know, like, like from seven to eight thirty, or from 1130 to one or from, what is it? 430 to six. I'm like, we're, we're not doing that. We, we told me, <laughs> how do you keep it all straight? <laughs> well, you can't, we, we just have to go. I mean, if we're, if we're doing like hospitals and stuff like that, you got to get there. No, you know, it is what it is. I mean, cops or whoever pull you over, they're going to be responsible if you're not there. So. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. yeah. that's our that's our line, I guess. But you know, it's, it just doesn't make sense. It's not like now you guys to... both run ag tractors out there, which is good. We don't we don't run them, and at least not yet. But we might. Uh, but you don't see a lot of guys using ag tractors here in my market for snow. 
what is the drawback to using an ag tractor over a loader? And that's for both of you, actually. Uh, you know, Nolan, you can start us off, but I'd like to hear Jeremy's point of view on that, too, because ag tractors is something that's new to me for snow. Yeah, with an ag tractor, um, we have all of ours paired up with something that can stack. That's the main drawback is they can't stack snow. Gotcha. Uh, that's what I much, would put. They can pretty much plow it up as far as a truck plow could plow it, um, unless you have some with loader arms. But we have stayed away from that because you hit a curb or something with your loader arms, you're going to bend the shit out of your loader arms, and 100%. that's never good. So yep. all of ours are mounted with a, a plate to the three-point um, that those have been pretty rock solid have a few things here or there but overall they've been really good but the only drawback i know of is uh stacking snow you can't really stack snow with it oh you agree with I that totally, Jay? yeah i totally agree with you that was our only drawback with and then maybe the turning you know obviously a little bit compared to uh, articulating wheel loader but honestly stacking is about the only thing i mean the calves are so damn nice and those egg tractors rooming for the guys and you know a lot of a lot of we had a uh, Buddy seats. We had a we had a couple six thousand John Deere's sixty one twenty five M's. I think we had. Yeah, we had buddy seats and was like bring their girlfriends with and stuff like that. So the guys <laughs> they didn't mind that, but it was. Uh, I mean, yeah, stacking is about the only only real issue. And uh, we didn't have snow tires on ours, and if we would have had snow tires, I think they would have made it even a ten time better machine. You know, I don't know if you got snow tires on yours, Nolan, or what, but we don't. We didn't, and we had them. Yeah, I think one of them um has snow tires on them but the rest of them don't so we don't get a lot of um ice but i could definitely tell putting snow tires on it would make them probably even better even more traction so yeah, i think john deere actually has now not to name a brand but i, I remember seeing in the preseason that they're offering a, a snow like snow movers package or something where it's coming with nokians already on them yep, that's uh that's pretty cool if you can get it from the factory right with the uh with the snow package on there mm -hmm, yeah yeah. Um, what is your uh, weather? Or, I mean, what is what's your guys' snowfall amount per year out there? I guess I, I don't know if I heard that or if I missed it. But what do you, what's your average winter out in Saint Cloud? Uh, we get um, our average is forty five inches a year. Um, that's our ten year average. So it's uh, you know we don't get hammered like they do out in the East Coast, but we get you know we'll go out forty forty five times a year. Um, all of our accounts are zero tolerance. So besides one which we're trying to get them to switch over, but they won't. So um, <laughs> Shocking. if you get, yeah, if you get all your accounts switch over one guy, I mean, that's, that's how it goes. But um, with zero tolerance, I mean, you know, it's, we've been a quiet last couple of weeks here, but usually we go out, um, you know, two or three times a week at the minimum. It keeps the guys busy, um, you know, keeps the lots nice, keeps the sidewalks nice. And, um, I just overthink, I think overall it's better for the client too, because, you know, they kind of have that presentable parking lot, you know, compared to the guy next door and, and kind of show they care and might be good for curb appeal. So. That's awesome. Good for you. So, and, and, mm -hmm. Nolan, the only thing getting hammered on the East coast right now is guys drinking because there, there's no <laughs> snow here. I mean, it's, I think I'm at nine inches. We're like 20, 20 something inches below our average for February 1st, our normal. So nobody's getting any snow on the East Coast outside of Buffalo with that lake effect stuff. But 45 inches is great. I would kill for that right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's up? If I can jump in here again quick, um, going to your season or what do, What kind of contracts do you guys run out in St. Cloud? Do you guys run a little bit of everything or what, what's your, what, what's the, what happens out there? 
So we have a pretty close to 50-50 split of seasonal with a few of them have snow caps at 50 inches for an, average, for an over average winter. Most of them are just straight seasonal, no caps. Um, more likely than not, we will be switching that to have caps of 50 inches because, um, you know, it seems like more often than not in the last five years, especially we're getting more than that 45 inches than we have, you know, so um but and then we do a lot of um per per time so every time we service it we bill them out and uh that's been good because you're secure with your seasonal contracts but also you know if you do have a high snow year you're not getting um kicked in the ass by getting a lot of snow and kind of having to pay for it with all the seasonal contracts then nolan you're doing per time on zero tolerance so like it's still a zero tolerance contract but you're charging them per time you got to come Yes. Yep. And how so often are you servicing? You doing every inch, every two, three? Um, because we don't have a lot of high snow events, um, you know, there's zero tolerance in the fact that if we get a dusting of snow, we salt them. They're not zero okay. tolerance in the fact we have someone on site, Great. like a medical facility. Good. So it's okay. it's mostly that um, they get serviced every time we get some event. So we're not, you know, out. We get a a clipper that stays around for twelve hours or something. We're not out for you know, 20 hours during the storm and cleaning up after. But if, if they get any, you know, trace of snow, we will be out there salting. So we're both smiling right now. Cause Jeremy gets two inches. He's busy for a week with it. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure So you have a seasonal contract, but you you get to charge a seasonal contract per time you're out too. Oh no, I'm sorry. They're um, oh, okay. Okay. No, yeah. Okay. So we have some seasonal, some per time. So okay. that's the spot no. we got. Yeah. I, th- I probably heard you wrong, but I thought you were like, hmm, that, that works pretty good if you can get a seasonal. And you can <laughs> How do we get in on that? How can we sell contract. that? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had all that, but unfortunately, uh, I think a lot of people would go for it. Yeah, what are you guys no. running for pushers on the machines? So we got pretty much everything that's common in the States. We have uh, on our cases, as I previously mentioned, we got uh, Arctic sectionals. We have a 16-footer nice. uh, sectional, just an LD or 15 and a half, whatever, on our uh, John Deere 324. And that, I think, pushes the most snow out of everything we got because it's so it's so nimble and it's quick and you can turn on a dime. You don't need anybody to do cutouts for you. Even with a 16-foot pusher, you can just kind of do everything with that, with the rear wheel steer. Um, we have a A-cage um and then we have a couple snow wolf just the plows to do cutouts and stuff a couple metal pluses um and then we have on our ag tractors is all metal plus just standard edges so we're working on getting those to all live edges here coming up but uh forty thousand dollars a shot that's no easy feat yeah that's uh that's tough to justify (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely huh so what's up on the on your uh, Arctic's, you running those on the cases. You you said you got fifteen footer or fourteen footers on there. What do you have on there? Yeah, we were gonna go with seventeen, but the um, one of the medical facilities are on that. Some of the driveways are only like fifteen foot wide. So you know, with the cutting edges, I'd rather you know have a little bit of have to do it twice. Have to you know do a couple things twice rather than not be able to do that with a sectional. Oh so. yeah, for sure. Yep. And then it's tough to road those two with a 17 footer here in town. So, no, <laughs> no, you're talking to the king of doing it right here, I buddy. 19, <laughs> I got 19 footers we're roading around town. Well, I'm, I'll make sure I tell the boss that we should have gotten 17 then. Uh, 17 is the way to go. So, 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, just, I like I like the 17s. They they seem to work good. The guys really like them. I mean, I have we have we have everything 14, 17, 12s, 19s, but I don't know. 17 seem to be what everybody likes. But but they really like those 19 furs I got this year too. So I don't know. But yeah, it's good times. Nolan, as far as like anti-icing, de-icing, are you guys primarily granular? Are you liquids? Are you a mix of both? You know, what are you guys doing out there for uh, icing? So for de-icing, um, we do very minimal, if we can, granular product. We're predominantly liquid. Um, our sidewalks are 100% liquid. Um, they might have a bag of salt with them. If there's, you know, dripping from the roof line or something like that, Brian doesn't do well on ice, but... Um, we are predominantly, we are almost 100% liquid on the sidewalks. As for parking lots, if we have everything up and running, we, um, which is the toughest part we found out this year with the liquid, we something always breaks, it seems, but um, we're 75 to 80% uh, liquid on our parking lots as well. And that's, uh, and then pre-treat, we're 100% liquid. We don't pre-treat with any salt. And then post-treat, that's the 75 to 80%. But, Interesting. And you guys are using straight brine or are you using additives as well? Uh, we use additives with every batch of brine we make. Uh, we use Headwaters Hot, which is, I believe, a let me check here. It's a calcium chloride product, and it has a corrosion inhibitor. So we're usually 95.5 brine to salt brine mix. If it gets really cold, we'll go 90.10. But that 95.5 mix has seemed to be the ticket. Uh, parking lots turn black really quick it's good to Beautiful. pretty low temperatures so we've been very happy with the results when we can get up what are your spray setups like with the uh the rigs what what equipment are you using with the rigs so we have a vsi 500 gallon unit um in the back of one of our 3500s and then uh an 800 gallon cambrian unit on our 5500 we just uh we've been renting it due to a car accident we got to this summer but we just uh, pulled the trigger on it now. So we're still dealing with the insurance from the other truck, which is just crazy. That happened in August. So it's been six months. We've been waiting on a truck for the insurance company to get that figured out. But um, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. Sorry. Yeah, we did Patrick from Iron Valley. So it's been a nice unit. It's a super nice truck. And uh, yeah, 800 versus 500. If you can spare the extra money, I mean, it seems like you can do like almost double. It's only, you know, 60% more, but if you, it sees, it feels like you can do double when you're spraying with 800 sure. versus 500. Absolutely. Are you guys making your own brine? Yep. Yep. We have a VSI brine maker and at our shop and we have a, um, you know, Lancy container full of white salt and it's been great. You know, the making the brine is super inexpensive and use a quarter of the salt. So on our seasonal contracts, we try to use only brine because the cost to put it down compared to granular is so much less. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. That, I what always guys, love hearing from guys using liquids. What do you guys have for storage? I mean, what? how much brine do you guys keep on hand? All right. This So this is uh, – I'm fairly certain we have 24,000 gallons on hand. We can't have it any time. So I'll try to list it out for all of you. At our shop, we have – um three liquid tanks outside that's our main kind of fill up spot um on one site one of our shopping malls we have a um 3000 gallon tank that's for our sidewalk guys to fill up with on one of our medical facilities we have uh, a trailer kind of a tank trailer not a tanker but it's a 
tow trailer with two poly tanks on it that holds um, 6,000 gallons. So at the medical facility, what they do is they tap from our brine tank and they um, use it to spray their sidewalks and we tap from it too. And we use it to spray their parking lot there. So we, we charge them for the delivery and then us to apply it is uh, free for free for them, I guess. Um, they just got to char- pay for the brine. With the, do you keep a lot of, well, what do you, you got roughly about 20,000 I have. Do you guys ever have any fallout if it sits around too long or anything like that? Or you, is it always stay pretty legit? That's a, that's a kind of worries once in a while if you might have a little fallout if it sits too long. But. Yeah, from what I've noticed, um, we haven't ran any problems with that. Um, we haven't ran into any problems with our brine not being hot enough um, yeah. yet, so that's good. But, yeah, as far as I know, we haven't had any fallout. You guys, the... you guys don't spin your tanks or anything like that. If, let's just say you don't have an event for a few weeks. You don't just go spin the tanks. As in, We, we spin our tanks a lot. Not that we've had any fallout. We just don't want any. We'll, we'll just agitate them, I guess, is what. We call it spin it, but we just kind of agitate our tank just to make sure we don't have any. We've never really had any, but I was just curious if you guys have anything like that or no? No, no, we haven't um, really spun them yet either, but that might be something to look into because we haven't. On Monday, we went through about um, 8,000 gallons of brine, so we made some new stuff and filled all back up, but some of the tanks have been sitting for a little longer. might have to take a look at that, check it out. Nolan, how many acres are you guys servicing overall, you think? like, So we have, I believe, 80 acres of parking lot we take care of, and then sidewalks. I figure right around two kind of linear miles of storefronts, not including our public sidewalk. I don't I have no idea how much of that we have, but it's just storefronts about two miles. Nice. What are you running for sidewalk machines? So for sidewalks, um, we have a Eventrack SSV, which is yeah, baby. my in my opinion, that is the um, best piece of sidewalk equipment you could buy. It's just, I agree. It's a tank, and it's nimble, and you can get everywhere, and you can do everything with it with all the attachments. And the biggest thing for us, we can put liquid down with it. So that's been just an absolute uh, lifesaver, having that SSP. We just picked up a Snow Raider, um, just an old one. Um, that's been a good for the last term we used it on. It's good because we only had one piece that put down liquid. <clears throat> and then we have a Ventrac 4500 um, that, you know, just because of the size of it, it's a great machine, moves a lot of snow, but we we try not to trailer any of our sidewalk equipments. We have two ramp racks that are for our sidewalk crews, and a Snow Raider fits perfect in the back of that. SSB fits perfect. A Ventrac is not, unfortunately. Otherwise, we would use it more. So um, then we have a grandstand that just is there to be a backup in case we really, really need it. Nolan, I don't want to cut you off. You just said something I, I really want to touch on because I was actually looking into that possibly myself. You guys have a ramp rack? Yes. Yep. We have two. We have, um, yeah, that's what we use for our sidewalk crews. And they are kick-ass. Eliminating a trailer, eliminating 100%. another point that could get messed up, it's just, it's awesome. The only drawback is you can't put that much stuff in it. So you got to yeah. have a compact sidewalk unit. But, yeah, they have been worth their weight in gold for sure. But you said the SSV will fit just fine in there? Yep, uh, SSV with one attachment. Uh, we have a 150-gallon liquid tank underneath the rack up in the front of the bed of the truck. Um, yeah, and you're good to go. You got room for shovels on the sides and a couple bags of salt if you need it. And no traction no problems? No pr- no traction problems going up and down the ramp in a storm? Nope, uh, not at all with uh, awesome. four wheel 4 by 4 of the SSV. Haven't had any problems thus far. So. Yeah, my guys will flip it. They'll find a way. 
they will find a way. <laughs> that's awesome that you have those because I actually was looking into them. I said, man, that, that's got to be a great idea. And uh, I'm glad they're working out for you because they, they look like that would solve a problem and not have, I hate my guys towing around trailers during snowstorms. Yep. And we did that with the Ventrack and this year we picked up an S, uh, a, a ramp rack rather in the spring and we used it for our mowing and the guys liked it because they're so compact. They can get into any driveway. There's no turning around dealing with trailer. So we bought another one here in midsummer for another one of our mowing guys. And we said, we're going to use this in the winter. Do you have any issues with it? He's like, no, it's going to be awesome because I don't have to tow around a damn trailer. And the ramp rack truck, could you say, like, could you still plow with that? Could you still have a plow on it and plow? Or it makes it kind of not, not the best option? You certainly could. Um, we haven't, but it doesn't make it that much longer. I think it only makes it maybe three, four feet longer. So it's like, you know, instead of plowing with a a regular cab truck, you'd be plowing with a crew cab essentially. So yeah, I I would be just fine to plow with the one with the ramp rack on it. I think I'm going to have to get serious about looking at them now. Now that you just told me all that, that's great news. I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's been, uh, it's been awesome, and it's just, you know, one of those things, kind of peace of mind. You don't have to worry about a trailer getting hit or anything like that. So, yeah, if you're if you're thinking about a ramp rack, you're on the fence, I would 100% get it. Nice. Well, good to know. Good deal. How many, uh, how many guys you guys run out? How many, how many crew members you got out there? And uh, tell, me, tell us a little bit about your crew. Give them a little so, love. Yeah, so our crew, uh, we have seven full-time guys um, that are on year-round – uh, they they do most of the stuff in the summer, and then we have in the winter we go up to 15 guys. A lot of our equipment operators are you know union guys that are laid off and looking for something to do. So they're you know for the most part well versed in operating equipment and stuff like that. And our main our main crew you know we have two guys that do all of our sidewalks for us by themselves. Not the homeowners associations, but all of our private uh, you know business sidewalks and. They kick ass and they do an outstanding job. And uh, then we have a couple other guys and a few pieces of equipment. And then myself, I'm usually in a salt truck. My dad's in the loader. And then uh, other few guys are in pieces of de-icing equipment. So your dad's in the loader? Can't of get course. him out of the loader, huh? No, nope. I I tell him he'll never get out of the loader. He says he wants to retire here coming up. I said you would rather die in that loader than sit around during a snowstorm at home. So oh, absolutely. I'm the same way. I, I I could not not be pushing snow during a storm with my guys. That's that, that's great that he's still out there in a loader and you can't get him out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's only uh, 50, 52 here. So he's got a lot of, a lot of time left. Oh, he's got tons time. of time, tons of yeah. time, but he's the boss, you know, he shouldn't be plowing yeah. with a loader, but uh, that's great oh, that he still does it. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. being a loader. <laughs> So do you guys use a contracted weather forecast service? I got to ask this. I'm going to start asking everybody this because I want to hear if there's anybody that's better than anybody else out there. Yes, we do. It's a guy from the Twin Cities. A lot of the uh, Twin Cities contractors might be aware of him. Bo Cole knows weather. Um, okay. He's been invaluable for the amount that he charges. Um, you know, if he gets one forecast right and you're looking at a weather app, I mean, he pays for himself already because you're you're on the ball. So. The money you're going to spend on a weather forecaster is 100% worth it, in my opinion. So. And he's usually you, – you've had good track record. He's had a good track record with uh, being right? Yes, yep, especially here. So um, he's like a – he has a meteorology degree from a college. I don't know where exactly. But, yeah, he's on the money every time. 
pretty nice. much it seems when compared to a weather app or yeah. the news or whatever else. Yeah, you almost have to have some weather sort weather service that's gearing itself towards snow professionals. Uh, it, the the forecast you have locally just usually don't take into account what we do. You know, they don't even mention if it's going to be under an inch. You know, we it's something I think you need to have uh, for me anyway. And I, I think there's a lot more guys popping up. But if your guy's good and, and he's been accurate, that's awesome. He must have a much bigger window to look out of. So, yeah, I guess so. I think he's he's up in a skyscraper there in Minneapolis, so he just knows everything. Uh, that's great. We we have two 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 completely opposite weather guys in Fargo here. One guy's is like, yeah, he might get traced traced to one, traced to two. The other guy's on the same day is going to say, you're going to get a trace to eighty. I mean, he, <laughs> he he'll make doesn't matter summer winter he'll make he'll make a drizzle sound like it's going to be a monsoon. I mean. <laughs> It's you like, could get nothing on. but prepare for the apocalypse. Let, let's let's be a little more accurate here. I just I don't know. There's I I uh he's he has he's got a weather thing where he's got weather kids whatever where kids go on and do the weather with him. I always told my kid I was gonna put him on there, and then when he gets on there, he's gonna say, "My dad says you suck," but I never got. <laughs> but I never I never did that. But I always wanted to do that because he's terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so Nolan, is there, um, how, what's the competition for, for snow contracts in your area? You have a lot of competition and like, if so, how, how do you see Emerald separating itself from, from what you would consider your competition in that area? You know, for us being in kind of a relatively small area, I think it's quite a bit of competition. You know, there's the kind of established companies that are pretty sizable for our area. And then, you know, there's a lot of, you know, younger guys kind of looking for their piece of the pie too. So it's pretty, a lot of competition here, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think how we set ourselves apart from the competition is we're one of the only companies that run liquid, period. And we're almost fully liquid. So that is, I mean, that's huge for our area. That nobody's think, like, what are you yeah. putting on the parking lot? I've been, you know, doing a parking lot. I was like, what are you, what are you putting in the parking lot? I'm like, well, salt brine. Like, what, what the hell is that? How does that work? So people just don't know. And no, if you they can, don't. If you yeah. can find a way to let them know and just word of mouth is huge. And um, yeah, that's that's our main way. And I think we do a pretty good job too. So. I think it's coming. I think yeah. it's the future. I mean, unfortunately for granular, you can put even down a little bit on your lots and people are tracking it into their offices. They're ruining carpets. They're you know ruining moldings and stuff around doors. And the liquids don't seem to have that much of a problem, if any. So I think uh, I think a lot of guys are, are going to be moving towards liquids in the next five ten years. Um, mm-hmm. but that's uh, that's that's great that you guys are using them already and you're using them almost exclusively. That that's uh, you're ahead of the game there. People are going to start coming to you for uh, for information. Yeah, oh, and I to. think it's it's just a matter of time until the government starts to crack down on salt usage. I, I'm unfortunately I think something pretty major is going to happen to a parking ramp, a bridge, or something, and they're going to really crack down on chloride usage because I don't even know if it's so much the contractor versus the department of transportation using hundred percent, but it's something bad is going to happen. And then they're going to get serious about it, which is really unfortunate. Well, what yeah, about Minnesota is what the land of a thousand lakes. Is that Minnesota? 10, right. 10,000 yeah, 10, lakes. All right. So you got all those lakes you're polluting too with the uh, mm-hmm. excessive salt. So that's gotta be a, a worry for you up there. Yeah. yeah we don't even a, use, chlorides on our ramps it's we always we we use non-chlorides on all the ramps we do like a cf7 or something we don't just oh, okay. for the fact of the curlsomeness we don't want to we don't want to end up on the news and we just tell them if we're gonna 
we're going to do your ramps. We're going to use non-chlorides. It can be more expensive, but you know, we don't want, we don't want to fall down. Yeah. <laughs> you can look on YouTube. You see some, some crazy videos on there. Of, oh like, yeah. Ramps collapsing with the skidster on it or something, you know, I got to actually look at, I got to ask somebody in the, the New York state DOT, if they going over bridges and stuff, if they're switching product and, uh, uh, I don't think they do. Uh, I, at least I've seen salt trucks on the bridges putting salt granular down. So I'm guessing they, uh, I'm guessing they're just doing straight salt because it was the same truck that was salting the interstate leading up to the bridge. So <laughs> but, there's a lot of bridges that have have like a uh, anti system on it, at least around like our big one between Fargo and Morant's got almost like little hockey pucks that come up. That, really, you know, like a sprayer, hmm. like a sprayer, or, or I mean, like a yeah. I'm trying to say like an irrigation system in your lawn, they just pop up and they'll spray. They got, a, they got tanks set up underneath where they're, they refill them. I'm sure you've seen that no one around your area or I would assume. No, no, no. no. Minnesota is not as advanced as Fargo, North Dakota, I guess. Oh, that, that's it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's between, it, I think it's it is shot. Minnesota. It's on Minnesota side. It's done. It's, you know, the Red River Bridge. It's, it's on the Minnesota side. So it's, it's them that are, that uh i think it was envirotech does that if i remember right they got us hmm. they put a system in hey, a i get my bridges. amp from them <laughs> what's that i said i get my amp from them environtech oh yeah yeah they got the amp yeah uh yeah we don't we don't have that here the infrastructure is too old the bridges are all too old there's there's no real new bridges being built at least not from the uh at least not from the bottom of the water up anyway uh, i think you know, you had the Tappan Zee and the Kosciuszko down in, in the city. Those are the only two bridges I can think of in, in my lifetime that have been built, you know, in, in my area anyway. But, uh, yeah, I think our infrastructure is just too old. But that sounds amazing that that's where they're going with that kind of technology, Jeremy. I think you got a lot of maybe what – how old is that bridge? It's really old. I mean, it's really? they've had this system in for many years because yeah. you – You'll drive it even in the summertime. They'll be testing. You'll see like spots and stuff where it pops up and they spray. So I, I guess I, I thought it was more widespread. And and I know there's a couple of more in Minnesota that do that. At least that's what Envirotech told me. But but yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah, hmm. and far, the, the big bridge here, and that bridge is always gets icy here too. I always say that bridge eats cars because there's always accidents on it. But. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jeremy, you want to take us to the five to five question? Yeah, why don't you uh, tell us, um, uh, Nolan, what your company is going to be in five years, and uh, what you're looking for, wh- where you're going to be in five years, and how it's going to grow, and what it's going to look like if you can say. Or... Well, uh, in five years, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, you know, I think the labor kind of shortage we've been running into getting quality people to do labor is going to continue to get worse. I mean, I don't really see how it could get better. So um, I think we've kind of have a tentative plan of trying to reduce all of our labor as much as we can. Um, So that might be in the terms of walking away from a homeowners association or something. I'm not exactly sure, but um, you know, anywhere where you can reduce labor, we're definitely going to be looking into that. I think we're pretty damn efficient. Uh, I know that when I was in high school, um, I was shoveling snow, you know, after school nights, stuff like that. And I'd have 15 of my friends from high school out with me shoveling. And we had like a four-wheeler with us and that was our <laughs> shovel crew. And now we have roughly the same sidewalks. I mean, a couple things have left and we've added a few, but we do all that sidewalk with two people. I mean, 
saving 13 people doing labor. I mean, not having that payroll, that liability is huge. 100%. So, yeah. So we, we have a couple of high school kids. My brother, he's 15. He's got some friends that come in. They shovel our homeowners associations. But um, having two guys to cover the sidewalks has been a huge peace of mind. And, um, you know, they're reliable, rock-solid guys. And we've just been incredibly blessed with them. So we're going to continue to, you know, decrease our – amount of labor we have to have, which is pretty minimal already. So we'll see where that goes from there. Um, I guess we'll see exactly what accounts shake out because I think that more and more, um, you know, um, brick and mortar retail stores might be closing here. So it seems like that's kind of trend. So probably we'll be still have a foothold in some shopping malls, retail, stuff like that. But uh, I could see us, you know, transitioning to you know, having even more distribution, medical facilities, stuff like that. Um, you know, we kind of, we want anything that wants zero tolerance. So anything that we let, that you'll let us service the crap out of you, we'll for sure do. So size, I like our size. 15 guys is very comfortable for us, I feel. So I could see adding a few more properties here or there, but I don't think we're going to do a lot of growing in terms of people, maybe go up to 20 or something, but yeah, I'm. It's perfect. Been a great few years, so we'll have to see what has in store for us. I think everybody mentions the labor is the is the big problem, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. Uh, how can it possibly get better? I th- I think you're right. It's only probably going to get worse. But it's funny that you mentioned you know going down to two quality guys and what those sidewalk machines. No matter what brand, I mean, we know what mm-hmm. brands are out there without naming brands. We all know anybody that's seen my company's Instagram knows what brand we like, (laughs) but uh, you know, the selling point when we first demoed one of those machines after they gave us the price tag, which knocked your shoes off and and basically put you on your ass for a minute. um, They said this will eliminate six to seven shovelers. And I'm like, there's no way in hell. And we demoed one and God damn, if it didn't eliminate six to seven shovelers and they did it in half the time, it was it was absolutely mind blowing. So I think you're right. That's, you know, I think we're going to become more dependent on equipment to handle the same jobs. And uh, the labor is just quality labor anyway, is few and far between. I mean, I, I've, I've heard stories of guys walking out on guys mid storm. You know, we all know the guys don't show up, but uh, guys just saying, Hey, I've had enough. I'm going home. I'm tired. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think we're going to get very dependent on equipment and, uh, I think uh, what you just said hit the nail on the head there. Now I get to ask my five, five question. Where have you come from in the last five years? What have been your major advancements for Emerald to, uh, to get them to where they are now? Like what have you guys done or instituted in the last five years that have brought you to, to now? I think there's a few things um, at the forefront, no doubt is sidewalk equipment for sure. That has, I mean, 15 to two. Yeah. That is ginormous that is, that is huge that's been the single biggest shift for emerald i think in the 25 years we've been in business so that's huge um, another thing is um, sectional pushers uh, we don't have all sectionals but the sectionals we do have they do a phenomenal job and that isn't just an arctic or a metal class or whatever it's any sure. anything where you can get rid of a straight edge is a huge savings in salt labor absolutely i can scrape enough so uh, yeah sectionals that has been another huge uh, help and, you know, they're a lot more forgiving than a straight edge pusher, that's for sure. So uh, I'll just share a story here. I was pretty young, probably younger than I should have been in this kid's tier plowing. Um, <laughs> I think I was about 12 years old. Nice. And, uh, no my dad, he, he put me in a, um, just like a, it was a John Deere 
um, skid steer with a, just a plow on the front of it. No trip, straight edge, you know, back, I guess that was 10 years ago now. So um, I was going along, plowing a parking lot, and uh, we had a good bit of snow on the ground at the time. And um, I was going full speed in a two-speed uh, wheeled skid loader, and I hit a island in the middle of the, the parking lot at full speed. And just wham! And it, oh my God, I, I'm sure I was crying or something. I called my dad, like, Dad, I hit a, an island. I don't know what to do. He's like, and I got out and, um, you know, collected myself, and nothing was broken. I didn't break anything. I didn't even break the island. So, wow. yeah, very fortunate, but. Um, you know, I don't know if a sectional would have helped me with that that much, but um, probably would have been less forgiving than hitting it with a, a plow and a skid steer. It's just all metal. So, yeah, yeah I, I think you would have probably fared a little bit better with a sectional. At least, at least <laughs> my experience with an Arctic, I've had guys hit stuff and, you know, you can't even tell they hit anything. It's like, holy Christmas, you know, what the hell guys, you know, what did you hit? <laughs> you hit what? And it, it nothing's broken. You know, it, they're pretty they're pretty amazing how they're designed with the the, the blocks and stuff. The pucks uh, seem to take a beating, although Jeremy's animals seem to be able to uh, to break the hell out of them every storm. We haven't broken any pucks, so I don't know. Just lucky. Well, we take pucks, but we don't break the plows. So. No, no, no. The pucks yeah. they're designed to break. But yeah, no. It's uh, yeah. This year's been pretty. Yeah, not good with the pucks, but that's. <laughs> that's we're, I'm correcting that. Let's just say that. <laughs> I got, I got some limiters going in today, so we're, we're switching over to pretty much all limiters on everything now just because I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, full of broken rubbers. Yep. And then, um, I, the last thing I was going to say is, um, you know, when I was in high school, we'd be out for a day working, and that is not sustainable, and it's not fun either. We can get there hour 20. You're just like, I'm mentally done, physically done. Sure. Um, so we've really reined it into where we have, you know, manageable routes for the most part. Uh, longest I've been out this year is 15 hours. So that's a uh, pretty good. And that was when we were getting shellacked with 14 inches, which we don't really see that often. So I'll take a 15 hour day when I get 14 inches. Absolutely. So that's manageable routes. That's another thing that's really helped us. Yeah, that's where we are too. We're about an hour an inch. You know, we get four inches. We're out four hours, and maybe a little cleanup time for a couple guys. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's a great point too. What yeah, about right. uh, anything else? Uh, are there any other funny emerald stories? I don't know if they're funny, but they're certain <laughs> stories. <laughs> anything you want to share? Now's your time. I remember um, this was the middle of winter, I believe, and uh, we had one of our former shops butted right up next to an apartment building, and uh, we had a van, just a little. I think it wasn't a Sprinter van; it was like a I don't even know, an Oldsmobile van or something. It was pretty old, but um, we used that for irrigation stuff when we did irrigation. And um, my daddy got a phone call from the police department in, uh, I forget where, but he said, hey, has your van been stolen? He's like, not that I know of. Why? He's like, well, we found uh, an eight-year-old kid driving your van. He said he's going to see his dad in Fargo. And I was like, oh, my God. I guess we didn't have, uh, put the keys in a secure location for that one. So, not exactly snow and ice story, but that's, I think, that's the funniest good. story I've, uh, you know, I, it was, I wasn't directly in it, but my dad, he, he sure likes to tell that story, too. That's so. great. How far did he get? I don't think he got out of St. Cloud because, he. I mean, he's eight. He couldn't even touch the pedals, really. So he was <laughs> driving in circles 
Um, <laughs> just, yeah, he's going to find his dad, he said. So he better get him now he worked for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Jeremy, you got anything else for our boy Nolan here? No, I was just going um, to hit something. I know I lost it. God dang it. <laughs> Shit. No, I, I did have something for you. No, I, if I think of it, think of it. God dang it. It was pretty good, too, I thought. Well, that's all got me good. all worked up with that eight-year-old story trying to. All right. Well, listen, I guess I was going to say. Oh, go ahead, Jay. What do, what do you guys, uh, how do you incentive? I'm going to ask for, like, numbers. Do you guys, do you give your guys, like, bonuses or anything like that? Or you know, for how do you incentivize your, I mean. Your guys, what are you gonna? Do you give them little somethings or? Yeah, what we do, um, we start them off at a pretty, I like to say, decent base rate for hourly for you know our area. I'd say, um, and then every two weeks they get a fifty cent raise that they show up for every storm and they work yeah. a full shift. So, Perfect. You know, come, you know, they might start at you know for a shoveler twenty five bucks an hour, maybe a little less than that, but at the end of the season, you know, they're up to thirty or so. I mean, that's that $5 increase throughout the winter kind of incentivizes them to keep coming in. And um, that's great. You know, that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we give them sweatshirts, jackets, stuff like that too. So, yep. but, good, yeah, good. that's our main incentives. What if I can ask one more, what, what's your, going back to contracts a little bit, not really contracts, but you got a lot of guys undercutting around there. Or are you guys kind of holding your price steady or what's, what's, what's the St. Cloud area like? It is. There's a lot of people that don't know their worth, I'd say. So there's a lot of low bidders and people just trying to get it, get the work and they don't really know what they should be charging. And, um, you know, we have, I like to think pretty good relationships with our clients and, you know, we're kind of, this is our first year doing a ton of liquid. So we'll see how that uh, comes up in negotiations next year. But, um, you know, we've had most of our clients um, since I've been involved in the business, so that's been five years, we've had very little turnover, you know, more addition than we have been losing people. So there are some underbidders, but if you're doing a good job and, um, you know, yeah, that's the main thing, doing a good job charging a fair price and, you know, you have to increase here and there, but I think they respect that relationship you build with them and how clean their uh, parking lot and sidewalks are and how good of a job you do. 100%. National companies, are they bigger in St. Cloud? Yeah, Nationals do have most of the Targets, Walmarts, um, you know, big kind of box store stuff like that. And we work with a few of them, but, um, you know, we were, we had Ferrandito call and they wanted $10,000 for a Target. And I said, yeah, you're going to need to quadruple that price and maybe we'll talk. And there's some guy doing it for maybe $10,000 a season. It's just oh, Jesus insane. Christ. <laughs> yeah. That one down by Patrick's shop, that Target? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so unless unless they didn't like how we talked to them, we try to not work with those. They, those guys are jerks. But you know, we we have four um, we have four um, kind of national companies we work with, and we feel like what they're selling us out to do it for is a pretty good rate. But um, when I saw what they submitted to me was it was ten thousand dollars or just above or below for a target, which is like six acres. Ridiculous. Did you say that? Oh no. Did you say that? Is that for the front doors or <laughs> exactly? Is that for the sidewalk <laughs> once? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So, wow, just insane. so I, I sure hope the guy that's doing it got him to go up a little bit, but we didn't hear any response. So as far as I know, it's at ten thousand dollars for the season. So that's kind of wow. some of the underbidden. 
That's how it happens everywhere. It ain't just out there. It happens everywhere. You guys don't get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's for sure. Was, uh, another quick question for me, if you don't mind, Steve. Um, go, go, buddy. You said you said your big, you, your machine you like the best was that three twenty four deer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Here's a little shot at deer. Um, <laughs> do you miss not having an armrest on the left hand side of that thing? How do you not put an armrest on that seat? <laughs> we got four of those things. That's the first thing I told my sales. I'm like, how do you guys not have an armrest? Um, well, I didn't even know about it till now. Next time I hop in, I'll be looking at that armrest and oh sitting right there if I ain't got one. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't ruin it for me. They don't make it with it. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, how do you not have an armrest on your left hand side? It's just, I don't know. That's just something I give my salesman shit about every time we we talk. No, to that's him. an add-on. That's uh, oh, it's even an add-on. You can't, add-on. Even <laughs> you can't even get it. They don't put a piece of wood in there or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, no, that's no, not part of the base loaders. package. <laughs> yeah, no, they're good loaders. The three chain four. I like you said that crab steering and stuff, or the all that four wheel steering works really great. You can you don't ever lose traction when you turn in corners and stuff. So they're nice. You got snow tires on everything? Uh, on our big loaders, we do not. Uh, snow tires are on um, the three twenty four, and then uh, skid steers or wheeled skid steers. Snow tires. One ag tractor has snow tires, but uh, that's something to look into. But we. We just got those loaders this year, so you know, twenty thousand dollars worth of tires on those loaders per loader. I mean, that's kind of another tough uh, thing. You gotta to go. With no cans sure. are cheaper. No cans. Oh, cool. they're they're better in Michelin's, my opinion, for half the price. Mm, I'll keep that in mind. I would. I I told the no can end guys. I told everybody that it's. I don't know. To me, I got we got no cans on some of Michelin's on, and so you might. The Michelin's wear so much worse more than the Nokians. And I, I'm a big backer of the Nokian snow tires. Those things are great. Well, you better call them and get us a plug or something. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Man. I'm just being honest. I mean, <laughs> no, I hear you. For, I mean, for ten grand more, for they are great. Tires, they they are great tires. Nokians are uh, they're pretty great. I'm, I'm a big advocate for them. I'll sponsor him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. You got anything else for a buddy here? I don't think so. I think I talked enough. No, that was great. <laughs> Nolan, you got you did great, man. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, all the best to Emerald in the future. We appreciate you taking the time with us. Well, yeah, thank you so for much. having me. It was yeah. uh, awesome to be on, and I appreciate it. No problem. All right, guys. So next week, we're going to be having Brandon from LADC Companies in the Twin Cities, Minnesota area. Uh, They're a pretty impressive outfit up there, and they service multiple states. So uh, they got a lot of different types of equipment that they use to get their job done. So we're excited to hear from him and hear what he's got to say. And Jeremy loves talking machines, so that should be a a good one. So, uh, all right, gang, that's it. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe out there and keep pushing.